Backpack Broadcasting continues to bring you the best original sports content, but now you can get more of the content you love. For as little as $3 a month, you can get access to bonus content, including behind-the-scenes footage and interviews from the Sports Walk, Sideline Stories, or the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. All this exclusive content comes via Patreon. There are tiered levels of patronage, and each Backpack Broadcasting patron receives exclusive perks. Your support helps Backpack Broadcasting create more of the original content that you love. Visit Backpack Broadcasting's Patreon page and become a patron today. Podcast episode 111. Dexter Henry, Brian Fonseca here. Special episode that we are taking on today as it is the memorial service for Kobe Bryant, who tragically passed away last month, January 26th, uh, along with his daughter, Gigi, and other passengers on that helicopter uh, who lost their lives, families. Nine, Nine in total. Nine in total lost their lives that day, uh, just tragic. We haven't had a chance to really talk about this on the podcast, and I think it's something that we wanted to sit with um, for some time, and I thought it was a good day this day to uh, look back at Kobe Bryant's career, his life, his accomplishments. Uh, Brian and I are on different uh, spectrums of this, hmm. I think in terms of the way we uh, – looked at Kobe in certain ways. I don't know about that. I'm more of a I was a fan. I was a Kobe okay. fan. You're not a Kobe. You were not a Kobe fan. Well, I, no, no, no. Backtrack. I wasn't until probably late 2000s. So we're talking about the last two championships. Okay. Because when I grew up, okay, so let me explain, right? Uh, my relationship with Kobe was like weird growing up. Because when I grew up, I was more of a Shaq guy. Uh, I like Tracy McGrady. I liked Ray Allen. You know what I mean? Allen Houston, the other sort of elite shooting guards at that time. Whereas Kobe, you know, I typically didn't like dudes from the Lakers outside of Shaq because Shaq was Shaq. You know what I mean? So you were a Laker hater? Uh, yeah, for a little bit. Um, But I didn't really hate Kobe necessarily like that. But he just wasn't my guy growing up. Whereas Ray Allen was my guy. Allen Houston was my guy. Uh, Jason Kidd at one point was my guy. Even Latrell Sprewell at one point. You know what I mean? So, And then the respect for Kobe that I had just grew more and more, more so when Shaq left and he was doing what he was doing in terms of averaging 35 per game in one season, uh, then dragging that team to the playoffs, and then winning the two championships after for a team that I don't know if they've aged historically well. And what I mean by that is I think people's look at, people look at that team and they say, okay, they're probably not as good as I thought they were back then in the present with Paul Gasol, Andrew Bynum, and Lamar Odom. Now, part of that is probably because of what ended up going on with Lamar Odom and Andrew Bynum sort of fizzling out of the league and Paul Gasol being, you know, aging quickly after that. But a lot of people sort of developed a respect for Kobe during that time where they went to three championships, won two of them. I was one of those people, still very young at the time. And then he sort of became one of my favorite players after that as he was aging and still doing the things he was doing. And it was always a respect thing. 
And we're going to get into, you know, yeah, the other so stuff after that. Me, but yeah. For me, it's just, you know, I liked Kobe from the beginning when he came in as this hungry kid. I liked the mentality. Yes, I liked the mama mentality. Um, oh, I do too, though. I, I like the mom mentality. Some people who took it too far yeah, yeah, with things, yeah. and I can acknowledge I like that. It being a a Kobe fan. Like, <laughs> I like it to a point. Like, I believe in extreme focus on your craft. I believe in the hard work of what you do. I believe Same. in outworking uh, other people to I also don't be think, great. I also don't think some other people uh, like really know what the mom mentality is. It's just sort of a thing that they say. Yeah, I think, I think it became <laughs> something that became more of an idea for people than actually what it is. But I do think the good thing about it, and I've heard other people say this when talking about Kobe, was you could take that mom mentality or look at the way Kobe... Uh, approach a game of basketball and you can apply it to anything in life mm-hmm. with extreme focus and I think if you don't want to be the best what are you doing this for what are you doing anything for right um right you know when we go out and we try to do a podcast we try to give you the best podcast possible I try to be the best podcaster possible I could be in whatever I do yeah. so if you're not trying to be the best what are you doing now I remember in the early days in the late 90s a lot of people said oh man Kobe's coming in in the game and he's trying to be like Jordan and the NBA was in this weird period because Jordan was going out of the game at the time. We're going to overlook the Wizards years. And Kobe was kind of coming in, and this guy was mimicking Jordan. Some people always said it was corny, and I never got that because I'm like, yo, Jordan's the best. So why would you not try to be the best? Like, Why is somebody looking at that as a negative? Why would you mock anybody else? Yeah, who else is there to model your game after? You know what I mean? Like, So I never looked at that as a a bad thing. As a Knicks fan, um, I've never really been a Lake hater. I was a Kobe over Shaq guy. Um, I thought Kobe sometimes was even undervalued the way when you look back at the way people talk to those teams. Don't get me wrong. Shaq at that time was absolutely positively the most dominant player in the league. Probably the best player in the league. But, right. Yeah. But I saw this dude and I'm like, yo, this kid right here is coming. Yeah. And he came and he was hungry and, you know, a great, just a great career. I understand why a lot of people like yourself liked what they saw out of him in the later part of his career, and where he saw he was go- the he interviews was going. too. The he interviews was, are a big yeah. Part. We're gonna get we're gonna get to that. Yeah. But where where were you when you found out the news on January twenty sixth of Kobe's death? Oh Jesus! I was sitting on my laptop. I was writing. Wait, uh, you were sitting in your laptop? On my laptop. Wait, no. Laptop, <laughs> sitting with my laptop. Okay. Like you're um, not that destructive and violent. Uh, I appreciate you for making that part lighthearted. Um, what's it called? <laughs> No, I was just sitting on my laptop. I was writing. I was writing something about St. John's. They had played the day before, I believe, and I was at the game, or was I at the game? I'm not sure. But basically, I was just writing a story, and then it came across my screen like on Twitter, and I was like, oh, no, no way. So that just threw off my workflow for like three hours. I really, yeah. it, uh, no, for like two hours. Then the GG news came down, and then I was for another hour, I was like, I can't. Like, I just, like, I was just, I was just on Twitter. The entire time just trying to get information, just like most people. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know what I mean? And then that just, it felt weird going through the next 48 hours, really. It was just weird. Bomani Jones really articulated this in a way that I want to. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because in terms of like, he also wasn't really the biggest Kobe guy. I wasn't, I became a Kobe guy later on for different reasons not necessarily for basketball reasons, which probably is more meaningful, right? And we're going to get to that in a little bit. But in terms of just dealing with it, waking up Monday was so weird. Tuesday was so weird. Didn't really want to go outside. You know what I mean? And I'm somebody who these days I'm working from home anyway, but it gave me less of a reason to like want to go outside. And it was just weird because it makes you think about, 
you know, big picture, your own mortality, because he's, I told, I texted you, I was like, he's on the, oh, he ain't never going to die list. Well, and I mean, I understand what people mean when they say that. And I always am like, well, we're all going to die, right? It's just, it's, it's um, inevitable. I think that for me, uh, finding out was a, was a huge shock. And it is very interesting because I will never forget. I'll never forget the day. I'll never forget where I was and what I was doing because I was um, I was in my kitchen and I was making I was going to make some I had made some oxtail um, the day before and I was making some rice and peas. And for people who listen to this podcast and know um, my mother passed away a few months ago late in uh, 2019 and the my favorite thing that she made was like rice and peas. Like my mom's rice and peas yeah. was like really, really good. Yeah. This was the first time since her passing that I was making it. And I and I always was like, I want to make it as good as she does. Yeah. And so I'm in the kitchen and I'm I'm making it and I'm not giving y'all any secret recipes. That's a Henry secret recipe. But I'm in the kitchen and I'm making it and you know, I had the pot on and I'm looking. I had my phone near the stove and I saw an alert and I looked at my phone and I was like I saw the alert and I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, you know, yeah, right. I walked it to the living room. All people. You yeah, know? I walked to the living room and I told, you know, I told my fiance and she's like, she knows I'm a big Kobe fan. Yeah. She's like, wait, what? I'm like, yeah, we're both just stunned. Yeah. So the first person I, I'm looking like you, I'm looking for information, but the first person I had to call was my boy is a, he's a diehard Laker fan. Bigger Kobe fan than me. I have a me. friend like that too. I've I known, texted him immediately. Um, I called him. Mm-hmm. We had to talk. I I didn't want to call him because I know he was going to be like all messed up. I couldn't text. You know it. what I mean? I, I needed to talk. I needed to talk too to somebody. So I felt like it was just like that. And I called I my did. yeah. I called my boy and I was like, I hope he picked up. He picked up, and I told him, and he was just like stunned. Like what? Probably just frozen. Yeah, yeah frozen. You know, we try, I'm telling him, and he's like, we're trying to figure out who else on the plane. But I think what hit us both, because me and my boy, my boy also, he just recently, his his daughter is about a little over over one. When I heard the news about Gigi, yeah, yeah, it hit me. And what I want to say to people, and the way I say this is, um, in the last year and a half, two years, in my family, I've seen a lot of uh, death recently. And death is tough to deal, and no matter how it comes in waves, this was the first time I was used to wonder, is there a celebrity death that I might really care about or feel a kind of way about or maybe feel weird? Like, of course, no, Kobe's death didn't feel in the way that some of my closer family members, uh, my mom, felt. But it did feel something because I watched his career. I was such a fan. Um, I liked his mentality and the work that he did. And it just, my heart really went out to his family, like, immediately as a father. Um of a daughter like myself, I can't imagine what he felt in the moments wanting to protect his child as his helicopter is crashing. Um, yeah. That's I, what I that too. it hit me. It just hit me in a way where I'm like, damn, one for that. And two, his daughter. You know, Kobe, we are lucky that we got to see 20 years of his career. We got to see a lot of great things that he did. We can still go back and watch those things. His daughter, her, you know, she's 13. 13. Her life is and just she starting. she was a beast. You know? Like, she was, I started seeing a lot of video of her. She had a fadeaway, like Tracy McGrady said, but, you you know, you see that. She you had saw a the potential. handle. Yeah. You see that she had a shot already. 
all the things you hear about her just as a person are great. Yeah, and forget the basketball with yeah. her. She's just she's thirteen. She's starting life, and anybody who's a parent. There were other children on that, in that too. flight too, right? And the parents who lost their kids on that on that flight too, and everything. All those parents, and the kids any who parent, lost their parents would have traded their life to have see their kids extended. I would do the same for my daughter. And Kobe, I'm sure, would have wanted that in that moment. And I'm sure he tried to protect her and hold her, you know, as that was going down. And the entire time, I imagine him thinking that, oh, we're going to get through this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's, that's my mentality. My, like, but that's what, you know, the Kobe thing struck me. And I was like, wow, and damn. But, like, when I heard about the passing of his daughter, yeah, it really hit me in this way. Um, and I think, I think that's why Kobe's death and the way it happened, I think it really, it was a weird week. You talked about being in fog the next two days. Yeah. And that week just being weird. I think it really hit a lot of people around the country in a way because there's a lot of parents. It doesn't matter whether you're a parent or not. When you see kids' lives are taken away too soon, um, it really touches people in a way because you look at your life and be like, exactly. well, I've had 36 years on this earth. I've had whatever amount of years on this earth, you know, a lot of people, you just want to try to make it. You want to see and be an adult. You want to see all these things. And when you're young, you think you have so much of your life he- ahead of you. It doesn't matter what age you are. I don't even want to say young. Every day, this is a point I want to make in this podcast. This is the thing I take from Kobe's death that I think I'm trying to apply more in my life. And not just Kobe's death, the death I've seen around me and my family recently. Mm-hmm. Every day we think we have so much more time. Mm-hmm. We think we have so much more time to do this, do that. We worry about all these things we have to do. Spend time with your family. Enjoy the time with your family. Enjoy the time that you can with the people that you love. Family isn't just your blood. Right. Family yeah. is the people that's you love. That's important to know. That's in a, a supporting community. So when I say family, that's exactly what I mean. It could yeah. be your friends. It could be your podcast co-host. Right. You enjoy these moments because you don't know when it could be taken away. So, And that's something I think we saw in the spirit of Kobe and how he played the game. Played every game like his last. He gave us all. It didn't matter if he took all the shots. He missed some of the shots. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he ball hogged. But he tried to give it his all. And we should be giving it our all every day, no matter what it is we're doing, especially, especially, especially. with the people that you care about. It's the people and the memories yeah. and the things you do around that that matter the most. I mean, shoot, we could end the podcast right there if we want to. <laughs> but, like, I just want to say uh, just one more thing about it is it's, I called it the most shocking celebrity death of my lifetime. And I've been on Earth 26 years, so we're talking about 1994 till now. I think Kurt Cobain is somewhere in there, like at the very, very beginning. But I didn't experience that. I didn't know what was going on. Right. You know what I mean? Some other people that were a little older might say John Lennon was another one. But to me, it just... I think for that time, I think for most people of that age, that definitely was because yeah. it's just, you know because he was murdered. Nineteen eighty. Yeah. Yeah, he was tragically murdered. Yeah. I, I think. I think. But even this one, it's like I mean, th- this is something. The helicopter ride itself, like right. Kobe has, he does this. You know what I mean? This was also, I read Kawhi Leonard's helicopter uh, pilot, right? So this is something that he did frequently just to get around and, as you said, spend more time with his family so he can get from point A to point B, do something with basketball. You know, he was working on a lot of other ventures. That that's And that's one of the things that bummed me out, too, is that he was about to do so much more. Than just yeah, we saw you him know, in, the, in the film world and the creative, right, creating content with world. dear basketball and stuff. And he, I, I think his all the smoke episode with Stephen Jackson and Matt Barnes came out like the week before, or like yeah. a week or two before. Yeah. And I had watched it the Me whole too. thing because all the Kobe interviews since like 2012 or whatever they've been awesome. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like they've been awesome. He did that one and he did. Uh, did he do Knuckleheads? 
he might have did knuckleheads. I don't remember what else did he do. And Bill Simmons just put something out where he where he uh he and Jalen Rose spoke to him. This was like from like 2015 or whatever. I still have to check that one out. But there was like there were a lot of things where Kobe he's just aging before our eyes. He's becoming a a great father. The introspection started you know sort of developing there, and he's just really talking about things with a new perspective than he had five ten years ago when people hated him worldwide or nationwide and things like that so i was eager to see like you know what were sort of going to be the next steps and for him to keep growing mamba academy to growing uh that program that he has there with Gigi and stuff like that and as he were to age sort of in this content space and just creating and writing and doing other ventures and stuff like that watching her age as she gets into high school and you know reaches the next level or whatever the uh people say that she was hell-bent on going on uh to yukon you know what i mean and seeing all that stuff but you know it's yeah it's 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 truly tragic um but the, you know like i said the legacy kobe kobe left behind um and what he did and, and the things we've seen just the people coming out to the staples center yeah. uh today is if on you know 224 as you're listening to this podcast yeah. and beyond the memorial that they will have outside the staples center for kobe it's going to be crazy we I, saw we saw one we saw one for uh, michael jackson when he passed which i would call one of the other shocking deaths that but was another one too. The but he was a little older the difference was he was a little older and there were some issues already had been reported about his health. And I always yeah. feel like when that happens, it's not the same way. Prince, obviously, a couple of years ago died. Same thing. I think yeah. because of this being a helicopter, Kobe, obviously, no health issues that was known to people, even though that's not really any of our business. Um, that, and what, the, that's and what the, makes and it and a lot other, more shocking. And the eight other people that were with him, too, including, Two, you know, including the pilot, the other daughter, families, right. softball or baseball coach, excuse me, um, and stuff like that. And one of the other takeaways I have from this, and this uh, this is probably the last thing I'll say about it in terms of like the 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 doom and gloom of it, but I'm just thinking about like yo, it's it's so wild that Bill Russell is gonna be at Kobe Bryant's funeral. You right. know what I mean? Right. Like, uh, I'm trying to think Dominique Wilkins, Lenny Wilkins, like just people bas- who are much older legends. Yeah, than him. but it just again it goes Bill back, Walton. It goes back to my Kareem point. Abdul-Jabbar magic. We're all going to die, and I don't mean to be morbid about that, but we don't know how much time we have. De- we De- never know. Dexter also believes in the afterlife, so that's that's a level of Where optimism. You, wh- wh- <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, yeah, I do. I don't know exactly how afterlife stuff works, but I don't know. I, I do, know. but I do think there's an extension beyond like this earth. Oh, that I, we just don't simply oh, understand yeah. on a, earth while same, we're here. It goes to the same thing I said on an earlier podcast when I talked about my mom. You know, that's that spirit, that energy is always with you. I know, I feel it. Yeah. Um, you know, whatever you believe in is what you believe in. I think the spirit of Kobe, the legacies, the the stuff you leave behind, yeah. that lives on. That's important too. Yes, that stuff lives yeah, on, and true. and the memories. And I think it's how you push that that energy forward is what matters. And I think we all should try to do. The Sports Walk is back. Watch season three of Backpack Broadcasting's original web series that brings you the opinions of real sports fans. The first two seasons and current season are available now for viewing on the Sports Walk YouTube channel and Facebook page. Check out the 2017 NYC WebFest official selection and see what other sports fans have to say on the hottest issues in sports today. It's easy. Just take the Sports Walk. Looking at the 
the what people have had to say about him, the outpouring of support. Um, obviously, with this, you cannot, and we're not going to do on this podcast to gloss over. A lot of people want to say you can't tell the story of Kobe without talking about the you know incident in two thousand three in Colorado, um, where he allegedly you know had sexual assault or rape situation with with a woman there. I will say this: I thought um, I was I was going to ask you some, about Gail King. So yeah, we'll talk about that. Okay. I thought some of the things that came out. I know there was a Washington Post reporter that I think it was the day of his death or day after. Mealy tweeted a link. It was to the that, day of. It was the day of. Yeah. I thought that was in poor taste because of the timing. I do not think it's wrong. I do not think it's wrong to talk about part of somebody's story. I do think there was a timing. I thought. Yeah. A day. I thought you could let it rock for a week before you maybe talk about that or maybe ask questions. I think you can talk about it. But what I will say is I don't think that defines Kobe. Um, I know there were there were a lot of things that were settled. Obviously, I am a huge supporter of anti-sexual harassment. I don't want to see any women harassed or anything like that. We don't know the full story. We do know Kobe offered an apology uh, to the woman and did have some admission that it potentially could have not been a consensual. So mm-hmm. um, that doesn't mean that if Kobe was engaged in something like that, obviously that's clearly wrong. I denounced that all the way. Yeah, it doesn't mean that also he hasn't grown from that and right. can't grow. That's from what that. I wanted to point that's out. That's it. Yeah. Now to Gail King, <laughs> I do not have a big of a problem as some other people do with Gail King asking the question she did. She asked a question to Lisa Leslie. Yeah, about whether she thought what happened in two thousand three had a stain on the way she might view Kobe. I thought Lisa Leslie answered the question, handled it very well. Yeah. Okay? I thought she answered the question fine and gave her opinion, and that's fine. Do I think Gail King's question was fair to ask? Hell yeah. What's wrong with her asking that? I think people are mad at the timing because people are still sort of in mourning and grieving. It's been, you know, at the time of this. Which that I I can sympathize with. I thought it kind I personally felt like it had been enough time. To me personally, I didn't have a big problem with the timing of it. Here's what I don't. But if you did, I can't tell somebody how to personally feel. However, here's what I don't like around this. The guys who've come out, the men who've come out and been like, oh, you can't do this. You can't tarnish. You can't uh, disgrace Kobe's legacy, which is not what I think Gail King was trying to do at all whatsoever. I think she was asking a woman in sports who's credible enough to answer this question. But the men, Snoop Dogg, no, man, no. You see what 50 Cent said? Cause I can't, I, I'm rolling with what Fifty Cent said. I didn't though. see what Fifty Cent said. Be- he basically he- saying like, look, it's. I told you about how Fifty has gone at Oprah for selectively sort of going after black men and not really, you know, walking back her mistakes when criticizing said black men when it comes to things like this. Um, Fifty Cent was basically saying like, yo, I mean, he's not really here to defend himself. What is the actual point of what Gail King is trying to do? You know what I mean? And I think that there's uh, there's a point to that because, again, this is not very far removed from Kobe's death. So in an era where people are trying to get people talking about you and about things that you're doing, is she just simply using his name I to try to see, push I something don't, that? I don't, see, I actually don't believe that. I, I, but I can totally I see that. I think Gail King was just asking a question to a woman from a woman to woman. That's it. And I think sometimes, so I'm going to say this as a black man, I think sometimes there's some black men in our community that get defensive about 
what could be potentially was or currently is bad behavior by other black men when it's called out. I'm not saying it was bad behavior in this situation by Kobe. The reason I say this is I have a huge problem with what Snoop Dogg did in bringing up Harvey Weinstein. I don't don't like when people do that. All sexual assault is bad. There's tons of stuff written about Harvey Weinstein. Tons of people who've dragged Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein looks like he's probably likely going to go to jail. And you know what's going to happen? You know what's sad? This is the difference between Harvey Weinstein and Kobe. And I brought this up to somebody else when talking about the Washington Post thing. Or Bill Cosby. I'm going to add Bill Cosby to this. Mm -hmm. As I said, we're all going to die. When Harvey Weinstein and Bill Cosby, you know, and I'm not putting anything on them, but when they pass away, because they have such a history of what, has happened around them with sexual assault and Bill Cosby who's actually doing jail time when they pass away unfortunately that's probably going to be the first thing that's linked to them when they mention it because they have a history with it which is why I had a problem with the Washington Post person who did it on the day that Kobe passed away and did this This, as far as we know as far as we know this is a one time isolated thing with Kobe Kobe's never been in any other trouble with women there's never been any other situations with women there's also certain things around the woman's story that even legally there was problematic and there's a whole bunch of other stuff with that. So I understand all that. However, you can't say to Gail King, yo, but you don't do this to Harvey Weinstein and do this as if she's just coming and attacking the brothers on this. Like, nah, man, it's not that. LeBron said it too. No, it's not that. Brothers, y'all got to do better. That's not what it is. And especially, like, so I'm going to say this to black men and some of the brothers. Are y'all always standing up for the sisters? Because I don't see that all the time. I don't. Like, are y'all really out here championing against sexual assault? I don't see some of y'all doing that all the time. Did you see the Terry Crews thing that happened recently? Yes, I did. <laughs> and, but that's my problem. That, but that's kind of my thing. Yeah. And so, and first of all, and then Bill Cosby gets involved in this. And Bill Co- who gave Bill Cosby a phone in jail to be tweeting? Wait, what? Bill oh, Cosby is real? About, yeah, this is real. <laughs> I didn't see that. Why I are you <laughs> tweeting, my dude? <laughs> Wait. Bill Cosby tweeted, "Damn, I didn't know that." You are out here. You have been found. You have you have were drugging and raping women, and you you have something to say about this? Get all the have several seats. Come on. Like I'm not sure exactly. I can't tell everybody what is the 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 time where it's okay. I thought what Gil King asked in the interview mm, was I, yeah. I found the Bill Cosby tweet. Yeah, tweeted at Snoop Dogg too. Um. When they brought me to my gated community and placed me inside of my penthouse, they didn't win, nor did they silence me. It's so sad and disappointing that successful black women are being used to tarnish the image and legacy of successful black men, even in death. This is the same Bill Cosby who also told a lot of young black men they need to pull up their pants and act better and do better for their community and lectured people on that. And while he was lecturing people on that, he was out here drugging and raping women. Yo. How are you talking right now? Why is he tweeting so much? He had a few tweets on February 6th. Yeah. Damn. And Snoop Dogg backing up. Why are y'all backing up Bill Cosby on this? Well, see, That's what gives y'all no credibility. And this is my this is one of my bigger problems where, uh, and we're going to get back to Kobe and wrap this up, but this is just one of my bigger problems of everybody having Wi-Fi is that literally anybody can say anything they want and then it becomes dangerous because when people are picking sides, they're picking some dangerous ass sides. Well, I find it interesting that people talk I'm about- I'm kind of just like, I, I don't have a side in all this. I'm just in the side of, you know- I'm in, I'm I'm on the side of like asking a question- anti-sexual assault, Anti-sexual first assault, first of all. <laughs> yeah. And asking a question, a woman to woman, 
uh, about it, I don't think is a problem. When men aren't in the space, you can't answer that question as a woman. It was a clearly woman-directed question. I don't think it was getting at anything. I think it was woman to woman. How do you feel about this as a female athlete, knowing this history that exists? And Lisa How do you Leslie, feel? And, and Lisa, Lisa Leslie protect, answered it she honestly. She can basically. Well, I think she answered it honestly. She can't. She talked yeah. about her experience. Maybe some other female athlete would feel differently. Do I think that question is wrong? No. Do I think the week of it would have been a wrong question to ask if you did an interview? Yes. Do I think the week after or two weeks after? No, I didn't really have a problem with the timing of it. I think people can't tell everybody how to feel, but maybe you're just not looking journalistically at the question. Should there be death threats to Gil King? No. And I'm going to tell you all this. That's actually not what Kobe would have wanted. So the death, test, the death threats to Gil King, that's not cool, man. That's not cool. Um, Let's do one time for your mind. One time for your mind. We we, we shall do that. A Kobe well, Bryant, uh, yes. A Kobe Bryant tribute. One time for your mind. Favorite. What you got? Favorite Kobe fun fact or just favorite Kobe moment? Favorite related thing? I'm curious to see what you're gonna say. Mine. I'm just gonna say uh, my favorite Kobe game and the one where I was really like this this dude is something else. Yeah. Was actually his last game. The very really? last one, yes. Now, there have been others. Huh. Like, one of my memorable games, uh, which in a weird way is not really a Kobe game, but it's kind of an Allen Houston game. Knicks at Lakers, Allen Houston 53, Kobe yeah, 40. 40. Really good game. game. Sunday um, afternoon game. Remember that game. Obviously, Kobe, you know, had 81. I posted the other day where he had 46 at MSG 17 years ago in 2003. It was the same day as... The trade deadline, I think it was. So it was like February 6, 2003. It was 17-year anniversary of that. He's had, a, obviously, a lot of those big games. Another big game in Madison Square Garden where he scores 60. I was 60. there for that. Was it was 61. I was there. I was in the building for that. Uh, But, yeah, for me, it's a 60-point game in the finale. Like, like it's like because it's just simply like who who else would do that on the way out? Granted, he shot a lot of shots. But who right. cares? It was his last game. They weren't making the playoffs anyway. 60 points. And I watched the whole thing. And I remember being like, every time he'd put the ball in the air or he'd drive to the rim, I'm like, no way. And then they just keep going in, and then he gets to the line. And I, somebody pointed this out where if you watch the free throws at the end to get to 59 and 60, that Gordon Hayward oh, Gordon actually, Hayward said it's not true. Gordon Hayward. Yeah, but it looked like it was. Yeah. He, he, like, stepped in early to, to see if uh, Kobe Bryant, you know, just in case he would miss to make sure he would get that 60. You can say it's not your role if he wants, but it looked like it, it sure happened. Like it. NBA players do do that, though. They just kind of step in just quickly because they want to get a feel for the ball. <laughs> you know what I mean? In between foul shots. But that was one where I was like, this is the this is just the coolest thing I'm watching right now. And more so than some of the other early 2000s Kobe stuff with Shaq and things like that. And even mid-2000s, like, I was old enough at the time, 21, 22, 22, because it was 2016, mm-hmm. to to fully understand, like fully understand the magnitude of what was going on, as opposed to some of the other Kobe stuff where I could understand it at 12, 14, but not in the way that I would years later. I think for me, um, my favorite, I, the, I love the 81-point game. That's a game yeah. I actually have. Like, I could downloaded. watch that whenever. Yeah. I think it doesn't get enough credit in how incredibly efficient Kobe was in that game and how his scoring was right in the flow of the game in that game. If you watch that game again, it was it was crazy. Um, I was also in the building for the 61-point game at the Garden. I was there for that. Um, also, I think for me personally, I've got to talk to Kobe twice. Um, once while doing some work with Marley Rivera for ESPN Deportes. Another time 
uh, I was working one of my first jobs. I posted this story the day Kobe yeah, passed. Yeah. Um, I did a story on the Dream Team. They came to New York, and I got to ask Kobe the question, like, hey, like, do you think this team, the Redeem Team, excuse me, I said the Dream Team, the Redeem Team, the 2018 that went to the Beijing yeah. Olympics, um, I asked him, hey, do you think this team is better than the Dream Team? And he, he gave me that Kobe look. He's like, no, it's not. We, we can't. <laughs> like, we can't compare ourselves to that. Like, he, he. That's actually shocking. I thought he would have said yes. <laughs> no, I think he wanted to the team to be great. But I think I remember being around that team that day, and a lot of the guys I talked to, Chris Paul, Carlos Boozer, they were so focused on the team. Carlos Boozer was on that team. Yeah, wow, they, they were so focused right on there. the team. Michael beat. Red. Michael Red was. On, I remember I talked to Michael Red too. One on one. Yeah. They were so focused on the team being bringing usa basketball back yeah and that was really the focus you remember you know? what happened in 04 yeah i do carlos arroyo happened in 04 yeah, yeah, yeah. baby <laughs> <laughs> so that's what i remember i just he i remember he just even around then the olympic team he had such a laser focus and i remember seeing him uh with marley rivera i was in the, the visitors locker room at the the td garden in boston and you know we was talking with marley off there and he just you know he introduced himself just such a nice guy but he had such focus after the game this was towards the end of the career so he's icing his legs and knees down and and you see that but just such a focus to the game even about his treatment and timing and everything he had to do just such a a, a great level of detail um that i always remember him but yeah get getting to meet him a couple times um yeah it just just was great and having him part of a story i did was great something i'll never forget you know it's always cool when you get to meet one of your favorite players. I mean, even when you still do this for a long time, you know, we get sort of desensitized to these athletes that are around us. Sure. But um, you still think about it back sometimes. You're like, oh, man, like that was pretty cool. Or I got to do that. But, yeah, man, just, just the way he carried himself on the court. And like you, I kind of really looked forward to what he was going to do next in, in, in the world. He just somebody seemed out of focus. Already won, won an Oscar and an Emmy. So, um, you know, I even in his death, I don't know about you, but I take the uh, inspiration – uh, forward, I look at the growth. I do, because that's why I look at it in life. You know what I mean? It's 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 the it's the growth. You know, we all have our story. We're not all our worst moments, but uh, we all have the ability to be better every day. So yeah, um, and that's something I take from him. And it's also just making the most of your time. Like I remember I texted you that night. I was like, "Yo, a lot of these projects, these other projects that we want to do, I want to move on them." Like, yeah, not, you know what? You know what I'm saying? But I tell you, I tell you this. That's all well and cool, and that's good. But if you don't take time to enjoy this life and breathe and what you oh, got you gotta have you that to, balance. It's a balance. You e- gotta look, have that but balance. He, that, that's the thing that's important, right? Even Kobe had that balance. You know what I mean? This is why he had the helicopter. I think he learned it. I think he learned it more too as he got older. Yeah, you know, because I think. But, that, that, but that's what happens. It's it, part of like aging and, so, and having a family. Yeah, and I'm glad he had the time to eventually find his career because I think he obviously we know the stories. And he was so dedicated to his craft and put so much yeah. work into it. But I think as he got older, he got to realize like, yo, I gotta have time to spend with my kids. I gotta, I can still work hard, but I gotta craft this time to spend with your kids and time and and my loved ones. That's something I try to do in my life. I work very hard. I have a lot of things I'm doing. A lot of projects. And you know what? But I got to make sure I, when my family time is my family time. Mm. My time with my peoples is my time with my peoples because you can't get that time back. And you don't want to sit around saying that you didn't spend enough time with the people you love um, because we all don't know when that time is going to end. Spend time with the people you love and you can also love what you do. Yeah, word. I that, don't want to be in heaven looking down pissed off when I didn't spend enough time with certain people. Yeah, or, <laughs> or have people up in heaven that you didn't get to spend enough time with as well, too. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. You always wish you had more time. You, you see, always. You see him again in the afterlife, be like, hey, yo, my bad. I should have had you when we was on Earth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you shouldn't want you shouldn't. That would be a want, good laugh, You though. shouldn't have to want to say that. <laughs> <laughs> and they're gonna be like, yo, you had me waiting too long. But nah, uh, you don't. You don't want. You don't want to say that. So you know, knock on wood. 
make you know make make the most of your time. R.I.P. to Kobe, Gigi, the total of nine people that died on that helicopter. You know, uh, you know, rest in peace. May their spirit live on through their families, yeah. through all of us. Uh, through the, the millions that he influenced because he was my generation's Michael Jordan. Yeah. Like and 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 his impact and, and legacy will live on. So, you know, two twenty four uh day for Kobe and Gianna. I hope you took something good from this uh podcast and listening. Um and can use that energy and spirit in looking and reflecting of Kobe and the man and his growth and, and take that, you know, going forward. That's it for episode one hundred eleven. Of the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. He's Brian Fonseca. I'm Dexter Henry. Until next time, y'all. Peace. Rest in peace, Kobe.